Good morning, church. Welcome. We're going to begin our time together, as is our custom, reading God's word aloud to each other and encouraging one another with God's word. So would you stand to your feet? We're going to read from Isaiah 65, verse 16 through 18. We're going to read it out loud just to each other. So let's read this together. Whoever asks for a blessing in the land will ask for a blessing by the God of truth. And whoever swears in the land will swear by the God of truth. For the former troubles will be forgotten and hidden from my sight. For I will create new heavens and a new earth. The past events will not be remembered or come to mind. Then be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I will create Jerusalem to be a joy and its people to be a delight. Now Isaiah is speaking of a day to come, but we get to experience a taste of that when we gather together. So let's indeed rejoice because Jesus is king. Amen. Rejoice, the Lord is king, your Lord and king of all. Rejoice, give thanks and sing and triumph. Rejoice again, 
Rejoice with hand claps and praise. He is worthy to be praised, amen. And he is our king. No matter what happens, no matter what we go through, we sing, Blessed be your name. Let's sing this together. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing for our love, turn back to darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Amen. 
Have a seat and let's listen to the choir as they lead us.
morning. Welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. I am Pastor Sean, and I am glad to see you this morning. Welcome. If you're a guest with us this morning, we here at Hebron Baptist Church want to help you by taking your next step in Christ. If you've just started to follow the Lord, we want to help you to follow the Lord. If you've been following Jesus for a long time, we want to help you in every way to follow Jesus more faithfully. So we're glad that you're here today, and uh, we welcome you. If you're a guest this morning, uh, if you would, help us out this morning by in the pew that's right in front of you is a connect card. It should be in the back of the pew right there in front of you. If you would fill that out for us this morning. Uh, let us know that you're here because we would like to connect with you and let uh, to learn more about you uh, and connect with you after the service. If you would, fill that out. And then today, since it's your first day visiting with us, if you would take this to the next steps desk, which is through the double doors to the immediate left, uh, then you can uh, get a gift today. We have a couple gifts uh, for you this morning. Just a way of saying thanks and a way to get to know you uh, this morning. Uh, 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 visitors and uh, uh, members, we're glad that you're here today because today is a special day. We will be ordaining three new deacons here this morning uh, at Hebron Baptist Church, and we're about to uh, go into that process here. And so, uh, so things are going to be a little different this morning because of that. Uh, but I want to make sure you're aware, and this is a very important time for the life of our church because we believe that the Lord gives some uh, to the church as gifts. To fulfill the ministry and today we have three that the Lord has gifted us here at Hebron Baptist Church uh, that the church nominated uh, that the deacons uh, uh, interviewed and said that these are guys that that the Lord is preparing for ministry and then that the church voted overwhelmingly to welcome them as deacons here at Hebron Baptist Church and so uh, today uh, we're going to ask Clay Miller's going to come now and read uh, a bit of scripture as we prepare for this part of our service and uh, uh, remind us the qualifications of deacon uh, that uh, we have, uh, that the Lord has given us in his word. Brother Clay? This is 1 Timothy. I'm on the screen as well. I thought you were on. This is 1 Timothy chapter 3, um, verses 8 through 13, which describe the qualifications of a deacon's. Verse 8 says, Deacons likewise should be worthy of respect, not hypocritical, not drinking a lot of wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They must also be tested first. If they prove blameless, then they can serve as deacons. Wives, too, must be worthy of respect, not slanderers, self-controlled, faithful in everything. Deacons are to be husbands of one wife, managing their children and their own households competently. For those who have served well as deacons acquire a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith that is Christ Jesus. Our candidates, uh, Dave Christie, DeRade Haddo, and Scott Reed, to come join me right here at the uh, foot of the stage here. These are the handsome gentlemen that the Lord has blessed us with and is serving our body. And let me just, I just, I don't normally do this, but I think we just want to say that it, I, I'm speaking for the deacons, so y'all can throw something at me if you don't agree with me. But uh, these three men truly epitomize what it means to be a deacon. 
deacon is called to serve. And all three of these men have uh, shown the spirit of Christ and shown the willingness to serve. They're the type of men that show up when there's a call, when there's a need. They do things behind the scenes. They serve. They love people in the church. I want to say DeRade is faithful in leading us in prayer. Every Sunday morning, there's a group that we'd love to have you. DeRade leads his family well, but he leads us well to remember to pray. And he also serves as a greeter, and he serves in so many other ways. Scott serves in our, in our sound uh, room. He's always someone, he's taken me to the, the airport for things at 6 a.m. in the morning or 5.30 a.m., uh, and he is a true servant of the Lord. And Dave, uh, Dave was here, showed up on Christmas morning when we had water. Uh, he's uh, uh, here serving the Lord by going out door to door for gospel to every home. These men, as Dray does that as well, Scott's done that as well. These are men who, who are full of the Spirit, love the Lord, love you all, and love his church, Jesus' church. So as we begin, uh, deacons, I'm going to encourage you um, to respond. This is a challenge. So if you agree with this, would you uh, say, uh, I will, if you affirm these statements. Will you be a servant first to Christ and then to your church as long as you are a deacon? I will. will you be an assistant to your pastor and to the other deacons and do all that you can support them as God's leader? Will you be consistent in your study of the Word of God and encouraging others in their faith? Will. will you teach and uphold uh, the Baptist faith and message that you have affirmed during your deacon ordination council? Will. will you live up to the qualifications of a deacon found in 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 10 and Acts chapter 6, verse 3? Will you be a witness by sharing the gospel to those who are unbelievers? Will you refrain from neglecting your family and love your wife as Christ loved the church? Will you vote in the future to ordain only men who are truly qualified for the deacon ministry? Will you be on the ready to minister to the physical and spiritual needs of this church body? Will you present yourself as necessary to comfort and counsel those in need? Will you seek to maintain harmony in the body and to be on the lookout for areas of conflict? And will you strive to be an example both in integrity and Christian witness to this congregation? All right, now to you, church. You have selected these men, and you, they've been examined and approved by the church body and the pastors as well as voted upon by you all. And we are all then in agreement as men that we have called these men to serve as deacons at Hebron Baptist Church. So as I ask you these questions, if you are in the affirmative, would you answer, we will. Will you recognize them as servant leaders that have been set apart to trust their leadership, leadership and submit to them as the Bible calls to submit to those in authority? Will you seek them for counsel and help when the need arises and accept their help and prayerfully consider their input and suggestions? Will you direct others in the body to them in times of conflict and trouble? 
Will you join them, the pastor and the staff, in maintaining and protecting unity by forgiving one another quickly and following the principles of Matthew 18 in going one another for conflict? Will you pray for these men and their families, asking God to protect them and to care for them both physically and spiritually? Will you encourage them and their families, knowing that the ministry to which they are called will bring trying times and tough situations? Thank you, church. Thank you, deacons. Now, I'm going to ask your wives to come and join you, if they would. We had the wonderful opportunity when we uh, talked to these men that we also talked to their wives and uh, they shared their encouragement for their husbands and agree we know that the Bible tells them that this is a family serving together husband and wife and so we are thankful for these men and women that the Lord is using here in our church and so I want you to see them pray for them pray for their children and pray for our church and so at this time uh, I'm going to ask all of our deacons and anyone who is ordained to just come and gather around these men and women as we pray for them and set them apart for ministry into the deacon's ministry. pray heavenly father uh, we stand before you in this congregation uh, as their representatives this morning lord uh, having called these men uh, and their wives to service and ministry we're thankful for these de new deacons that you've called to serve your church we've searched the scriptures we know the high calling of deacon we know that lord uh, from it it is a spirit of christ one who gives of himself one who serves the needs of people and so lord as we have lord you have set apart these men uh, we ask lord that you would enable them by your spirit set a true course to them through the through the word and lord give them a heart of christ filled with the spirit and may many people be encouraged in their faith by them and may those who are in need find uh, find uh, encouragement and help May those who don't know you, Lord, come to faith through their ministry and for, through their faithful service, not just here at the church, but in their lives, in their workplaces, in their homes, and in the community. And Lord, I'm thankful for these men who are called deacons here at Hebron Baptist Church. Lord, they love you, they love the church, and they love each other. And Lord, we pray that by, uh, by the Spirit, you would grow this group, uh, the service that they have, so that even more ministry can be done to the members and to the community here through Hebron Baptist Church. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for these men. Y'all stay right there for one second. Amen. And it is the Spirit of Christ that Pastor Sean mentioned that draws us together as a people that uh, that is what we desire as, we, as we're here. And 
the song we're going to sing here in a moment, uh, the first verse uh, reads like this. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died at Calvary. This is the story of every person here. Whether you are a Christian now or whether you are yet, have yet to follow Christ for the first time, this is everyone's story. So let's, as we stand and as we sing, let's make that our confession and then glory uh, in the good news that there your mercy and grace was free, there your pardon multiplied to me, there my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Mercy 
and your grace was free. There your pardon multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. At Calvary. Father, not my will, but yours be done. 
Lead us daily in the fight that all the world might see your glory and your name be lifted high. And in this name we overcome, for you shall see us safely home. Now as your church we lift our voice and pray. in your copy of God's Word to Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. If you're using a pew Bible that's in front of you, you can use go turn to page 919 if you want to follow along in the translation that I'm reading from. 919. As you can tell by the music, uh, we have a little different theme starting today. Uh, that is not our praise band riffing before the service. Uh, that was uh, uh, encouragement of our all-in. This is a series for just so that you know if you're a guest today. We normally go through books of the Bible, but as we begin in January, we, we tend to always go through a series that reminds us of our purpose, what we're to do, and challenge us at this new year to follow in uh, through, uh, through basic biblical guidance, discipline, and the different things that God has called us to do as individuals and as the church. So today, I'm going to challenge you and begin over the next couple weeks that I believe will challenge me and challenge you and challenge us together to be all in for Christ. And so today is the first, as we go through that, to look at the ultimate all-in commitment that we have to Jesus Christ these are, this is Jesus talking here in Luke chapter 9. And so let's read his words and ask the Lord to direct us this morning. Then he said to them all, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. For what does it benefit someone if he gains the whole world, yet loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him 
when he comes into his glory and that of the Father of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these words are a challenge and a revealing nature to the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus calls his followers to be all in for him. And Lord, I pray that as we read these words, probably very familiar to anyone who have who've grown up in the church, or maybe someone here who needs to be restored to this call or maybe someone who needs to come to faith in Jesus Christ we pray that your word will be active this morning it will plunge deep into our hearts that it would kill our self or any desire for self and that Lord today when we leave this place we would never be the same again that we would live for you we ask this in Jesus name Amen. Well, my first car was a 1982 Oldsmobile Regency Brome. If you don't know what that is, that was top-of-the-line Oldsmobile. It was something that I bought from my grandfather. And uh, if you don't know what that even looks like, you just think of the largest car you can think of, and it was it. It was affectionately called by my friends the love boat. Here comes the love boat coming around the corner. But it had a great entertainment system. It didn't have Bluetooth. Didn't have a CD player. It even didn't have a fancy tape deck player. It had an 8-track player in the car. Now that is fancy for 1982. And let me tell you, the songs that I listened to when I was uh, in high school as I drove that big car around uh, was uh, a lot of old country music. And one of the greatest theologians of that time I learned from that day. And it went something like this. This is words I still remember. These are important and ingrained to my mind right now. You got to know when to hold them got to know when to fold them you got to know when to walk away you got to know when to run and you certainly never count your money sitting at the table right these are words to live by <laughs> now as a good Baptist I am not going to say any familiarity that I have with poker or at least admit to it but all of us would probably say that we have heard this phrase, well, it's not up there anymore, all in. In that game, if you're to say all in, you are putting everything you have to either bet on yourself or to bet against your opponent. In this same way, I would say the scriptures tell us that we, if we trust in Christ and that we are to be a disciple of Jesus, is that we are to be all in for Jesus Christ that we're to trust him we can't hedge our bets we can't bluff God and we are certainly called to put it all in for him and I believe this series that we go over the next couple of weeks is a challenge for me and for you to be all in for the disciple that God has saved us and called us to be and it's calling us to, to look at our priorities, to look who it is that God has called us to be 
as disciples of Jesus to be all in for the kingdom, to be all in for his church, to be all in for Jesus Christ. Now, when we read these verses that we read today, it is very clear that Jesus declared, yes, if you are going to follow him, you have to be all in. This Christ that only anyone can confess is a crucified Christ. And the only way to confess him is to follow him all the way to the cross. And verse 23 says, if anyone is to follow after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Jesus gave these terms to all, all who seek to follow Jesus. When Jesus says, anyone who would come after me, he meant this is the only way to follow me. This is not the call of a super Christian. This is not the call of the Christian that goes door to door with the gospel. This is not to a certain group of people to be all in. No, if anyone is to come after me, he must deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me he used three different verbs to describe what every disciple must do deny take up and follow so this morning i want us to be challenged not by me but god's word to take our commitment to christ seriously and be all in what is this calling of jesus well, first, if you're taking notes, denying a self-centered life. Denying a self-centered life. That was the first verb that Jesus used there. Deny yourself. Calvin says it's the sum of the Christian life. Can you imagine that? That you can sum up a Christian life in two words. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Well, this Greek word, deny yourself, is a strong word of negation. That is, to forget oneself entirely, to reject any thought that would please ourselves and not follow Jesus Christ. Now, this rejection, this denial is stronger than the denial that when you see a warm plate of chocolate chip cookies and deny yourself from eating about five or six of those suckers. It's stronger than the denial that it takes for you when you get to the cliffhanger of one of the shows that you're streaming and it's already past midnight and you're thinking, should I watch one more? And you deny yourself. It's stronger than that denying feeling. It's a stronger call because it is a, a spirit-enabled call to put Christ first in his kingdom and his purposes before anything else. John Stott, in his book, The Cross for Christ, he states that to deny ourselves is to behave towards ourselves as Peter did towards Jesus when he denied himself three times. The verb is the same. He disowned him, repudiated him, turned his back on him. Self-denial is not denying ourselves luxuries such, such as chocolates, cakes, cigarettes, and cocktails, although it might include this. It is actually denying 
or disowning ourselves, renouncing our supposed right to go our own way, to deny oneself is to turn from the idolatry of self-centeredness. You see, we are called to deny ourselves and follow Jesus. To turn from those gratifying desires that we want and turn to the things that honor Christ. To turn from any sinful desires, to, to deny ourselves, reject anything and everything that would sap us from our strength that comes from Jesus. And my friends, I cannot think of any other countercultural call than this today, right? Deny oneself. The psychological heresy that this calls for today's world is denying ourselves because our world says do everything for yourself. Identify how you want to for yourself. Indulge yourself. Treat yourself. Do what is good and for you. Find what you like and do it. It is all about you. But Jesus says deny yourself. If you want to follow me, you have no claim on your life except for the claim I have on your life through dying for your sins on the cross. And therefore, we must deny ourselves because when doing this, we are following the example that Jesus has set. In becoming a man, Jesus decided, uh, denied the glories of heaven. In fulfilling the law, he denied himself the pleasures of sin. And dying on the cross, he denied himself protection from pain. Not just physical pain, but the spiritual anguish of being forsaken by his Father. And now this Jesus says, you be like me. You deny yourself. That means sometimes saying no to sin. Ungodly attitudes. Unhealthy relationships. Self-indulgent acquisitions. Anything that would call ourselves to trust in us and not Jesus. That means that maybe you're a college student and you've come to major decisions about where you'll go to college, what will you do with your single life. There's a lot of things that a, a single person, a, a young college uh, uh, entry, someone who has the opportunity to do whatever they want, the world will say, uh, go travel, go party, go do whatever you use to fulfill your, uh, your heart's content, but maybe you should pause and say, God, what would please you most in this time in my life? What would, should I do? Where should I go to college? First, if I'm going to college, is there a strong Bible teaching church that I can be plugged in when I get there? If I'm going to go to college, is it going to prepare me for God? What you want me to do with your life? Or maybe as a young college person, it's to say, I'm going to slow down college for a few years, and I'm going to go on a two-year journeyman program through IMB and go spread the gospel in another country. It is denying ourselves what we think is right and trusting in the Lord. Maybe that's the same call as a retiree. That you would see to your retirement as something for yourself, to spend for yourself, to spend for the luxuries for yourself. But what would the God who gave you the ability to work, the endurance to work, and the call to work, 
would you might say, God, what should I do with this time in my life? Is it to serve in my church more profoundly, more encouragingly, to help young families, to help people, to raise up leaders in the church? What am I being called to do to spend more time with people instead of less time? Maybe it's in the same way to say, uh, I need to go. The Lord is saying, you need to go overseas for a few years and live and support an infant church that is, is just starting out overseas. And boy, would one of our missionaries love to have you in their church praying and encouraging them. In what way, brother or sister, wherever you are in your life, would you deny yourself today and follow Christ? In what way do you, should you stop putting yourself first and put Jesus first in your life? Number two, Jesus tells us to deny ourselves and he takes one step further by saying daily dying to self. Daily dying to self. This is the second verb, take up arrow in the Greek, namely what? Our cross. And in Luke's version, he adds daily Jesus was saying this because this is a, a daily dying. With it we, yes, we die to sin and self and we trust Jesus for once and for all for justification and salvation. But we know when we're following Jesus that we are saying every day, Jesus, my life is your life. This is the second term of discipleship. Just imagine what that modern, that ancient hearer would have said, heard. Take up your cross. Well, this was a, obviously we know the premonition in Jesus' teaching that he was about to go to the cross and that, that that cross, that same path was what that Jesus is saying he's going on is that he is calling us to be on. In the same way, though, in that day, they didn't know what Jesus was saying. They didn't know the cross was before him, but they knew that he, they understood the context. They knew simply at that time the cross was just a means of execution like an electric chair or a syringe or lethal injection. In all likelihood, the disciples that heard Jesus that day was describing a rebel dragging his cross out to his own execution. The understanding that they had would be similar to what the commentary Leon Morris said. When a man from one of their villages took up a cross and went off with a little band of Roman soldiers, he was on a one-way journey. He'd not be back. And taking up his cross meant the utmost of self-denial. Brothers and sisters, what Jesus was teaching here is that we must die to ourselves daily, denying ourselves, denying our own understanding, our own wisdom, our own desires, that we might not, people look at us, they don't see us, they see Jesus. That they put ourselves and our things to to death often people when we've heard this verse maybe you've said it or maybe somebody heard somebody else say it they say it flippantly uh, well my aching knee is my cross to bear my hard job is my cross to bear my spouse in the other room is my cross to bear friends that flippant nature doesn't understand what the true cruelty of the cross is it is an instrument of death 
Jesus was not talking about difficult people, work situations, financial uh, hardships, or physical limitations, unless these things were because of suffering for our faith. He was speaking about the suffering that we endure for his sake, the hardship that we face knowing that we follow Jesus. It means putting our death ourselves, dying to ourselves daily, daily knowing that following Jesus will cost us something. The way of Jesus is the way of suffering. It is the way of the cross. So Jesus is not speaking about something we do only at the beginning of the Christian life or occasional sacrifice that we must make, but instead, everyday discipleship of killing ourselves. Being a Christian doesn't mean just going to church, putting in our hours, punching a clock, and going home and living the way that we want to live. Instead, it is life-altering, denying ourselves to follow Jesus. How could a Savior who gave up his life call us for anything different? Your cross will always include suffering, will always lead to rejection by the world, will always involve obedience to God. John Piper actually observed that the great tragedy of much of the contemporary Christianity is the cross has been safely relegated to the past. And that practically what it means is that Jesus has been soaked in blood in the past so I can soak in my jacuzzi today. When we faithfully understand what it means to deny ourselves is that we know we are being called to give it all for Jesus. When we faithfully share the gospel, it means that we might sacrifice a relationship because people will reject, reject us. It means maybe being called to loneliness because we are stepping away from a family who rejects Christ and instead into a life that we will live in Christ alone. But thanks be to God that God gives us the local church that becomes our family and encourages us in these days. But we know that to be on mission, to live for Christ, is a cost. Paul says that I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, except for Christ who lives within me. Now I consider all of this rubbish for the goodness of Christ. So what do you need to crucify today? Do you need to crucify yourself the standings that you seek from the world, the, the passions that you desire for your soul encouragement. What do you need to crucify today? What parts of your life do you need to die in order to follow Jesus? Thirdly, Jesus challenges us and calls us, if we're to follow him, number three, obey the lordship of Christ. Follow him. Follow me. As a disciple, we are to deny ourselves to take up our Christ and follow Jesus. We can't be called followers of Jesus without actually following. We can't be disciples of Jesus without being obedient. Following Jesus is a kind of death because in every area of our life is challenged to be obedient to Christ. Our finances, our ambitions, our sexuality, our entertainments, 
and relationships must be brought into conformity and the wishes of Jesus. And as the follower of Jesus, we make the daily choice to follow him, obey, to live in his direction, to obey him. You know, the new cars today, I don't have a, a new car, I have a new word car, but I don't have a new car that has all these cool safety features that like, you know, um, that you put the cruise control on and you're driving down the interstate and for some reason that one bloke is in the left lane and going 10 miles under the posted speed limit and you have to slam on your brakes and you have to reset the cruise control and you have to do all those different things. You know, these, some of these new cars, they slow you down so that you don't have to stop and you don't have to get off cruise control and then when they move then they let you speed on or when you, they have some of these they have these these sensors in your blind spot so and they're good they're, they're they're good i'm not saying anything bad about these i'm saying that they're good because if you start to go over they kind of course correct you they make sure that you don't they don't you don't ram into someone that you don't see that you course correct them it would be foolish if we had those features to turn them off or, or to not listen. Like if the cruise control slowed you down because there's someone in front of you, we would not be wise to just say, okay, you know, because it is slowing us down for a reason. Or if it course corrects you from running into someone and you start to feel it kind of pull back, you wouldn't want to go, oh, no, heck, you know, try to go over, then you'd hit someone. The same way, why would it ever make sense for us to say no to a savior who loves us and gives us his instructions for our good for our glory for his glory and to fulfill his kingdom plan brothers and sisters the christian story as we sang actually twice today i saw the line that christian story commends that a king is coming and one day every knee will bow on earth and on heaven and under the earth and every man and woman will declare that he is Lord. And when we're bowing, we're either saying, Jesus, thank you for dying and, and making me your disciple and praise God you're here because you are my Savior and Lord. And others will be bowing in fear because they know it's too late. A king is coming. And we follow the king. And we must obey him. What areas are you not following Jesus? As a disciple, you should be following Jesus, brother and sister. Are you obeying his word? Are you growing daily and weekly? Look, we're not perfect. When we become Christians, we know that we are not perfect right away. We know that the Lord uses the Scripture and the Word and the Spirit to help grow us, but we should be growing. We should be obeying. To be a follower of Jesus, you actually have to follow Him. You have to follow His ways. So are you denying yourself taking up your cross are you following Jesus well what's the good for this why why should we do this well he commits to give you life 
He commits to give you life. If we read the, the, the rest of these verses, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. For what benefit if he gains the whole world yet loses his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my word, the Son of Man is ashamed when, the, when he comes into his glory, that of the Father and the holy angels. Brother and sister, to weave, for those of us that follow Jesus, that are his disciples, there is the promise and the reward of the crown of righteousness to be welcomed into the glory of the kingdom. There is a, a, a reward of knowing that in Romans chapter 6 that we recite when we, when we baptize someone that we are, we are buried in the likeness of his death but we are raised to walk in newness of life that we, are, we have the promise of heaven and the promise of new life. And this is the joy that we receive when we follow Jesus. This is the hope that we receive when we give our life for Jesus, we have a joy that comes from giving up ourselves and following Jesus because in it, we have the fulfillment of Christ that lives with us daily. And we have the future hope of eternity and glory in Him. That we know that we have this eternal joy that we've received in eternal life in Him. That we know that this world is fading and fleeting and there's nothing here to gain. But all the glories of heaven is our gain for those who follow Him. People who follow Jesus take up their cross and save their life. And rather than squandering ourselves for the earthly gain, they spend Themselves for the glory of God. What joy. What purposeful existence. What hope for those of us when we suffer. What great prize we receive in heaven and the glory of God. To give your life to Jesus is to save it now and forever. In the same way as Jim Elliott, the missionary, said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Now, thankfully, if we have caught, heard this call, we want to receive this being a follower of Jesus. Praise God that most of us, if not everyone in this room, will not have to become a martyr to receive this prize. How do we receive it? How do we gain it? The Bible says, by faith in Christ. By faith alone. By knowing that he's worth all of this and more. By trusting he's the Savior who died for our sins. By knowing he's the one that we can put all of our life and hang it on him. That we can gain it by losing our lives and living for others and not ourselves by losing our lives and giving kindness and compassion to strangers and children to by, by losing our lives and, and in faith giving our lives for the, his church, his kingdom his word his mission locally and internationally we give it all in faith and living for him.
So brother and sister, let me leave you with this challenge. In 2023, be all in to your commitment to Christ. Your personal walk with Him. Your, your giving of yourself for Him. Your commitment to Him. You're giving your life for Him. Giving of the church for Him. Because denying yourself, you gain it all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word and the, the truth to gain it all is not in living for ourselves, but for you. Heavenly Father, if there's someone here that does not know you, may they be overwhelmed by the grace and goodness that is found in you, Jesus, that you denied yourself and hung on a cross to pay for our sins. Heavenly Father, may we be encouraged to live for you in a way that is just like Jesus. God, may we truly consider these things that your word has said today. May it not be just a platitude or a bumper sticker belief that we might hold on to, but instead, may we consider it prayerfully. May the Holy Spirit work in us powerfully. And may we act in accordance to your will and your word that we might change our lives today through your ability and power. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's re respond in faith and obedience as we stand and sing together.
trusting Christ for the first time or being baptized or I'll be standing out near the next steps desk and love to talk to you about that how that you might take that first step to deny yourself and follow him a couple quick uh, reminders first of all just be in prayer and uh, be ready as we're about to take an offering and so if you would like to participate or the Lord's led for you to participate we'll be doing that here in a few minutes but if you just lend an ear as I give you a couple of quick announcements remember Yes, thank you for again for being here today. Uh, would you make sure you go to the Next Steps desk and uh, uh, go there and uh, you will get a gift. So make sure you do that uh, as we close. Uh, and if you want to know more about Hebrew Baptist Church on the uh, January 29th and February 5th, so it's the last Sunday of this month and the first Sunday of next month, we're offering our Starting Point New Members class. This is an opportunity uh, if you want to know more about Hebron Baptist, our vision, our plan, what we're doing, uh, what it is to be a faithful member, uh, we'd encourage you to come to that. Uh, and we're going to do it Sunday mornings this time. Uh, so it's at 9 o'clock on those two Sundays because we know that there's been some things that have kept people during the week. So we're offering this round uh, right before worship service. And so if you want to be a part of this, make sure you go to the Next Steps desk. There is a sign-up sheet. And you need to let us know that you're coming. You'll pick up some information to complete before the, the class. And then, uh, you also, if you need child care, let us know. Uh, we'll take care of that for you as well. So we encourage you. Everyone takes it, loves it. It's an encouragement to our church. And uh, we get to know you better. Uh, so whether you want to just know more about our church as you're kind of navigating things, or if you want to join join this is a, a, a mandatory step so make sure you take that before you join the church 
Um, so anyways, that's, uh, we encourage you for that. Secondly, we are also offering, starting next month, uh, a leadership training uh, group. Now, this group, we had five people go through it last year, and they read about three different books. Well, this year, we're opening up to everybody, man or woman, to be a part of this leadership training. Uh, the book, the study will go over systematic theology, biblical theology, and Baptist ecclesiology. Uh, and it, we think it will help make better teachers, better missionaries, better deacons, better elders. And so if you would like to take part in this, uh, there is an information sheet out on the Next Steps desk that tells you um, all about what the reading is, what's expected. If you have questions, you can see me or Pastor Mark um, or Pastor Allen and just kind of get a feel uh, for what it's like. We had those five people go through it last year. They loved it. They recommend it. And so we encourage you to open this up for you this year. And, and if you'd like, uh, you can, uh, we'd love for you to take part. Basically what it is, you'll read about 100 pages a month or so uh, in your own time, answer a couple questions, and then you meet one Sunday a month. So that's the, that's the, the commitment. So uh, learn more about that back there at the Next Steps desk. We will launch it in February. Um, but you need to let me know by January 23rd. So those, those are the things that you need to do. All right, the next thing, uh, we have a business meeting on the 22nd, which is next week. And we are only focusing on the bylaw uh, rewriting that we've talked about and we've got a lot of feedback from. So we have made all the updates and um, corrections that you all have given us. And we've put it in a new edition, which is out there at the Next Steps desk. So if you want to read that between now and next week, uh, and if you still, more than likely, we'll, might see a correction or something that you might find, we can change that next week, but that is the most up-to-date version. If you'd like to grab that and read over it this week, we recommend you to do that. And then following our service, we're having our chili cook-off and soup potluck after this. We're having salad uh, to go along with that, and then an option for kids or adults, uh, which is, doesn't like super chili, uh, is grilled cheese. And so if you'd like to come, we recommend you to come fellowship together and uh, we'd love to have you uh, downstairs we have plenty so uh, now we'll give of our offering uh, today we uh, know that our offering gives to support a wide range of things it supports our children's ministry they do great things down there uh, Bible school is coming up and plans are underway we can't do that without faithful giving and so Bible school is a recipient of your faithful giving so we're thankful that we can give to support things like Bible school so let's pray as we give to the Lord Heavenly Father, thank you so much for ministries like our children's ministry and all they do to partner with parents, with the gospel, to train up in the ways of the Lord and, uh, and of your word. We're thankful for the outreach of Bible school, which is vital and important to reach out to our community and to disciple our kids. And so we're thankful for even the offering that comes today to help support ministries like Vacation Bible School. So Lord, as we give, those who are faithful tithers, those who are giving a, a, a sacrificial offering today, we're thankful for that. We pray that you would multiply the gift and put it into our hearts to be cheerful givers, that we might do more for your kingdom here at Hebron Baptist Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus Christ the crucified 
risen, reigning at the Father's side. His foolishness to those who cannot see. Blinded by the lies they have believed. So let the church arise, let the anthem ring. Till all the world has heard of Christ the risen King, the song of the redeemed, and boldly we shall sing the hope of all the world is Christ the risen King. We, we are not ashamed, for the gospel is the power of God to save. Send your feet, let's continue singing together. Thank you for singing. You're dismissed. Have a great week.